welcome to episode number 21 of the ECPHG team podcast. I didn't even have to guess. Uh, we have all three of us today. Hello, Louis. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Good, how are you, Anna? I'm good, thank you. Well, yeah, as good as you can be in lockdown, take two. Yeah, especially day one of lockdown number, official lockdown number two, although I've been in Liverpool, so I've technically been in lockdown for uh, like three or four weeks or something. I realised that my restrictions actually got better. I don't think I was allowed a bubble into your three, and now I'm allowed a bubble, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Other than the gyms, I'm pretty buzzing. Um, but yeah, we're officially into the next phase, which is only going to last four weeks. And then it's going to be Christmas and New Year, and then when we wake up on the 1st of January, it's going to be like, ah! the disappearance of corona and life is normal <laughs> i'm just expecting like january the 32nd is that the right one i'm like it's just not going to end i'm like okay. <laughs> yes cool no no <laughs> i feel that living in denial for me is working quite well like my friend sent me a screenshot of some news article earlier that said it's expected to last x amount of time and i just i got so annoyed and i was like can you stop sending me these i just don't want to assume that anything's going to happen the past four weeks this doesn't work for me it's all speculation <sighs> so furiously nodding your head there. <laughs> right, yeah sure <laughs> um 21 be thriving that's <laughs> that's the plan yeah yeah it's fine it'll be fine by christmas and in the next 12 hours um biden will be president yeah well he'll be <laughs> on his way to being president please fingers crossed don't know if i should yeah i can say that i wouldn't vote for trump yeah. <laughs> I think, like, yeah i don't have any shame in, in uh, announcing that one to the world <laughs> so fingers crossed do you know what though like I almost feel like I expect Trump or expected Trump to win or expect Trump to win because it's 2020 and I'm yeah. like no the yeah. 2020 thing would be Trump so maybe we're, we're turning a corner now oh let's hope so I said that to someone earlier I was I think on Monday I was like it's 2020 he's gonna be in for another four years yeah <laughs> but yeah. fingers crossed stay positive yeah I saw something horrendous around I think it was like white women his actual percentage of voted for trump has actually increased since last vote and i was just like oh wow that's like you wouldn't expect that would you um so yeah it you don't know what to expect 2020 but fingers crossed it kind of looks like biden just needs to win one more i don't as well like reading about stuff the other day i realized i literally know nothing about how american Thanks politics works that. and yeah <laughs> so uh, sorry for any american listeners out there i'm really sorry but i have no <laughs> real idea i just really want biden to win oh, i think yeah i think it's more like i just really don't want trump to win yeah. that's my stance like biden i'm like mm. i mean we'll do he'll do he'll do because he's not trump yeah Anyway, moving on from our very knowledgeable, detailed <laughs> politics um, conversation here. Um, yeah, like oh, it's um, glass houses as well. That, I think that's a phrase that we should use while we're criticising America with what's going on over here. Um, so, yeah, let's yeah. swiftly move on. Honestly, do you know, like whenever anyone asks me about the gems, I'm like, I, I just have, I have my thoughts on it, but I'm also just like, but everything, everything, 
thing is a shit show. It's not like I can't I can't see either way on the gym's protect well I've said more I think, but it's just like the whole I'm just ashamed. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know what's going on and I and I don't think anyone does, so I don't feel bad that I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I think for me, like we knew it was coming because it is so shit, but it's been so shit for a while and it's taken them this long. Like that was that was my feeling. It was more like just frustration if they'd have done something a bit sooner like I've got two friends that work in hospitals and they're like we've been in the shit since September <laughs> I'm like mm, yeah yeah and we've just been carrying on but oh, oh you have been we haven't been the dirty north <laughs> <laughs> no but it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah at least they've done it now right how do I'm thinking like how are you guys ha- like how do you feel about lockdown in general like this time around I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, the first time round, I was talking to her about my mum, and I was obviously I'd just moved out like two days before, and was going through mega stress in life, and it was kind of just like, okay, I can chill. And now I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. I'll, I just need a few days to sort out a routine again, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like it's like today's had a bit of a cloud over it for most people I spoke to. Like today's been a not very productive day for most people. Their head hasn't been in it and it's almost like right it's happening now let's sort of get my head together about it. So yeah, just um me and some of my friends have like set up another WhatsApp group to make sure that we're like I think we're having drinks tomorrow night on Zoom which we haven't done before and it's just I think we've got experience from the first time and then we were teased back with a bit of normality and now it's just like right we're going back into it and it wasn't very nice but let's try and figure out from what we learned last time what we can do this time to make it a bit better yeah I am kind of the same it's like we know we know what was crap last time we know what was quite nice and we knew we know where we found like the nice moments so like I just went on multiple walks today and enjoyed the scenes and I was like right I am really going to just go back to that basic gratitude level again and I don't think that disappeared for us it kind of fell into that by the end of lockdown we kept that going but I'm kind of the same and I also think like I had a lot going on obviously last time whereas now I'm like none of that's in my space anymore so this will be a breeze (laughs) again absolutely naive but I'm 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 just going to run with it and I also think as well like I'm in a bit of denial like this week's been really really busy trying to get programming and stuff done for people and it's just been madness trying to get my hair done before lockdown those types of essential things things. like it's been madness so I think maybe next week I'll be like oh okay now we're in lockdown and the, the, the drama has died down no, we just have to deal with it. I also can't really find a proper space to do my handstands in my house, in my new house. So that's a little bit upsetting. I might actually break something, but as long as it's not my body, I actually don't really mind. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, do you have any lockdown goals, anyone? I plan on, because I think I've, I've, I've said this before, but since getting back to the gym, my yoga and mobility work went down the drain. So I'm doing a 28-day, 28-day, because that's what it's going to be, isn't it? Uh, yoga challenge. <laughs> nice. Let's send me details of that. Or actually, what are the details if anyone else wants to do it? Is it like with your local? Well, 
I was a little bit annoyed because the local hot pod yoga are doing a 28 day challenge, but you can only do it to the live classes and the times. I'm like, I'm not being an ass. I, I like they're impossible to do. I can't guarantee that I'm going to do them. So I've just downloaded Down Dog, which seems to be a really good app. Um, and I will be doing it, ticking it off my calendar every day. Oh, you hero, down dog, noted. A lot of my clients have shamed me into doing yoga. Like they're like, I'm doing two yoga sessions a week, quite a few of them. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it, I'll do it. So do you know what? You can choose. I don't know what the the correct term is, you know, for just the like lying there at the end. Krasna. That's yeah. But you can choose how long you do it for and it starts <laughs> So I was like, ten, go. <laughs> yeah, see you later. That's <laughs> done. Yoga. Ten minutes. <laughs> I'm gonna I might download that then. What about you, Lou? Have you got any goals? Um, I've got a few like things to keep me occupied each day. So I've got them written up on my whiteboard, which is go outside two to three times a day and I just take it off. Um I because obviously both you know my back was really temperamental the last year and it's down to mobility ever since I've been on top of my mobility anything like it feels good touch wood um but um I downloaded an app called GoWod and sort of do mobility tests on there and then um it's, it's mainly around CrossFit sort of stuff um but the mobility sections are all just stretching they have some nice flows on there and then you get a test score and it sort of personalizes it a little bit depend on where you're weakest and usually I'm like really tight my hamstrings and my glutes and my hips so getting one to two of them done a day because they're like eight minutes at a time um or you can do like a 20 minute one um reaching out to people each day is sort of my little goal for lockdown so potentially people I haven't spoken to and I sent one to our my the boys whatsapp group earlier and it was like hi guys how are you and then bracket just like don't give me that I'm fine mate how are you bullshit how actually are you and we've had some like good chats today around stuff and they were like I'm a bit stressed out my mind sort of thing and how they're dealing with it and we've sort of had a good chat about that today um and then just like focusing on getting to bed early getting up early getting outside first thing I find that really suits me so they're my sort of goals they're good they're very structured and I yeah if no one obviously can see this but Louie was meticulously reading from what looked like a roof but they're good they're they're good goals I literally have a 15 second handstand and work <laughs> but that's fine I feel like because I had quite a couple of months on somewhere where I couldn't be proactive with work I feel quite psyched to like go into this and be proactive with work like mm-hmm. we're launching like the um the program in January so I need to write that and I'm going to write some new ebooks and stuff so that'll be fun so yeah, nothing actually exciting. Me and my me and my best mate are doing sunsets with our sleeping bag coats and suits. So I'm quite excited for that. Because we can't swim in the water this time round, obviously. So that's our that's our winter version of swimming in the lakes. Oh, do you know what? I've got um two clients actually that have said they've been in for sea dips. So I mean, I think yeah. you just uh, yeah. big do it. <laughs> Abs- absolutely not like I, I'm 34 my heart will stop <laughs> no <laughs> um, okay questions have you guys got questions yeah. awesome 
Um, yes. Right. Um, Anna, do you want to go first? Um, well, yeah, tying in nicely with what me and Louis were saying about our lockdown goals. Do you recommend any particular stretching exercises or foam rolling? If so, how often or are massages best every few months for niggles? Louis? Um, as for sort of stretches or foam rolling, if anything is tight, give it a foam roll, make sure you're working on your mobility. Um, good stretches that I find are your couch stretch where you can get like your foot up against the wall your shin up against the wall your knee at the bottom of the wall and then pushing your hips down just to loosen off if you're sitting down a lot which a lot of us will be doing now um that's a really really nice stretch to just loosen off the hips i'm usually like rock solid can't move or anything like that until i get that done in the morning um but i'd probably like anna's already discussed using the yoga app and like go what i highly recommend getting adding some structure to it where you're getting feedback or you're progressing and having that as like a goal throughout could be really useful for a lot of people um even if it is just for lockdown and you just go oh at the end of it oh i found that interesting but i probably won't do it anymore then at least you know so it could be a good opportunity to try a bit more structured with your stretching or mobility or yoga mm. i don't really have anything to add on that other than focus on like the mobility as opposed to think an error that people make is thinking that they have to do some sort of static stretching before they train and it's just a massive error so like you said focus on mobility rather than rather than anything else but that's all I really have to add on that I think those apps I'm going to look at the app that you said Louie that'll be helpful awesome. so, that was a really smooth seamless link Anna I'm very <laughs> impressed <laughs> Yeah, I, th I thought so. I nailed it that time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you did, you did well. And I've just highlighted it and ruined it. Louis, um, do you have a question? Yes. Um, are there any exercises that you would recommend doing barefoot or would you rotate between doing exercises with shoes on and without shoes on? And that is for Amelia. Why is it for me? I don't I I don't I don't go into biomechanics at the level of training that my clients do to, to the extreme ends of things um for some clients I'll recommend deadlifts with bare feet mm -hmm. I think we spoke have we not spoken about this before or were we talking about wraps maybe with deadlifts wraps, I'm not yeah. sure. but that's 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 literally it I think it's because because we're not one-to-one -one on the gym floor Unless people, unless people are sending me videos of their form where I can actually look at their form and their execution and their anatomy, you can't make blanket recommendations of saying you should put a block under your heels or, yeah, like for say for example, putting like a heel block under that could potentially be good for physique, but for your physique, but it's only dependent on someone's specific anatomy. So I would never just say everyone should do this. Like I don't know if you guys would do something different. And again, unless you're seeing your client face to face or with videos weekly. No, I wouldn't. I personally, I like deadlift and squats barefoot, but that's only because my trainer choice is what looks pretty rather than what's actually <laughs> functional. So, yeah, no, I, I think particularly online, obviously, it, you don't, unless you're seeing videos of it, you can't really advise. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I find um, if you're only putting any load through your legs, as in like big compound movements, sometimes going barefoot and that 
if you're doing it in trainers, say like running trainers, one, it'll ruin the cushion in the trainers by having so much load through them. But also that sponge adds that element of instability. So removing that can be really just add a bit more confidence, if anything, and stability through the joints, but and able to go through those. So um, I try to spend, if I'm doing like low body movements, make sure I've got like a flat sole shoe on or do it barefoot. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't really, like you said, it's down to individual biomechanics. Like some people, like I, if I'm squatting, I tend to use my lifting shoes. If I'm squatting, I don't really squat barefoot because my ankle mobility is not great and it helps me get a bit lower and eases my lower back and stuff. But it's very individual. Yeah, it's same as me. My ankle mobility is crap. So if in that situation, having a block or some a wedge under my heels or lifting shoes like you, I mean, I don't wear lifting shoes, but something under my heels is helpful but again it's so individual cool good question okay i'm gonna go stick with the training questions here because why not let's seamlessly link all this together um good okay there's two here i'm going to start with squatting because we were just talked about it um what would you i mean we've kind of covered it but in terms of squatting technique she says she's a shit squatter how can you change certain things depending on height biomechanics to make it feel more comfortable for example foot position have we kind of covered that yeah i think so i think often if you feel like you're a shit squatter it usually is something to do with your ankle mobility that's mm. like i don't know statistics but i think more more often than not it's to do with ankle mobility so working on that and also trying something like heel wedge and this person can send me her form videos if she wants and we can look at that and um, Something I'd add in there, which Dan Meek always talks about, is you don't have to squat. And like that's a really good option that if you can get a Bulgarian split squat through and feel better through that movement and more stability and it works the muscles better for you, then just do those. You don't have to barbell squat. It's something that I think a lot of PTs potentially just like try and push onto their clients. Like, but you need to back squat. Like I, I don't back squat. I usually front squat more than anything because I find that more comfortable. Um, because of <laughs> yeah. Anna and I are both looking absolutely repulsed right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I think it's because um I've had loads of lower back injuries and it stops me leaning forward as much with the bar on top of my shoulders. So I actually find that I sit more upright. And again, I'll wear Olympic lifting shoes for that as well, which helps me. That's down to personal preference, but yeah. Um squat movement patterns like lunges bulgarian split squats narrow stance squats with your heels elevated those are horrendous to do especially if you're doing them slow uh, goblet squats things like that there's lots of things you can alternate uh, try as well but if you do want to squat um yeah it's it, things like ankle mobility is probably one of the most common limiting factors the other question she had was on good hip thrust technique and what I'm going to say on that is I put a video when I was in the glute lab from Brett Contreras like literally taking it step by step through the hip thrust I don't think that she was um, a client at that time last year but it was if you search on the Facebook group for like either for glute lab or Brett or something it will come up the video that he spoke through hip thrust I think the key learning point with hip thrusts and what like they drive home over there is I quite like this way of describing it was like imagine you've got a line that what's the word I'm looking for like, like that, that runs through your chest and runs through your um 
pelvis like cuts through your body basically so you've got a line through your chest line through your pelvis and when you do your pelvic tilt you try and imagine that you're trying to make the distance between those two lines smaller so you're not like pushing everything up to the ceiling you're literally trying to crunch almost together when you do your pelvic tilt so that those two lines come together I'm acting it out as if I'm describing it to Anna and Louis here just so that I can run it through in my head obviously no one can see this but yeah so trying to get the line between your chest and line between your pelvis smaller I think that is almost almost the only technique that you need pointer that you really need in terms of your pelvic tilt ideally you want your shins to be perpendicular to the floor so they're like kind of like at a right angle um and your chin slightly tucked under and with your back placement on a bench it's almost like where it feels most comfortable I think sometimes we see people with it really high up and then what happens is that you can't get a full pelvic tilt because you, you're slipping or they have the, their bench far too low on their back and you don't get full range. So that's another thing. If you have any other key pointers. No, I mean, the, the thing that you put in the group from Brett was like nailed it. Um, and I think the, the biggest take home for me was the pelvic tilt rather than just lifting up. Mm. It really, really activates the glutes that way. Yeah. I'd, I'd, um, I'd spend time before your sets making sure you've got it measured up as well. Like it isn't one of those ones where you're like changing it while the weight's on your hips. That's not going to be very comfortable at all. So um, I always used to steal like the 1.25 plates and just use those as a marker where my heel needs to be on the floor. And so I know where my heel should be and... Um, yeah, it's just one of those that I'd spend like a couple of minutes before just making sure it's fully comfortable. Okay, agreed. Um, next question, who's Anna? Phone keeps going off. Um, do we... Okay, so very relevant now. <laughs> what is the best to do oh, in training from home? Sorry, what's the best what to do when training at home? What is the best to do now that we're training from home? Uh, tips to cope physically and mentally, steps, etc. Louis, do you want to go first? Yeah, um, for physicals, I've posted a three-day workout in the group that you'll be able to find. And I've tried to do it in a way that it covers all muscle groups. And there's three different types of training for people or layouts of their sessions. So, um from my advice would try and find a way that suits you that is going to allow you to enjoy the process of training at home i think um i saw a post earlier and it was like if going to the gym is saving a thousand pounds a month training at home you're going to it's like saving 700 pounds a month like it's not going to probably be everything that you'd love it to be at training at the gym but it's still very worthwhile and you can still get good results so i think that's a good way to look at it um, make sure it's fun and engaging make sure you're trying to recreate the environment that you enjoy at the gym however you prefer it training um, to pretty much failure on sets and keeping tension on the muscle working to a point of fatigue through the full range of movement is really important for muscle gain um, and yeah just with steps I'd say if you're missing on out, out on a huge amount of active transport which would be usually like times walking to work or 
going on the tube or anything like that or your lunch breaks try and schedule in regular time throughout the day that you're getting up and moving away from your desk and you're getting those up that they feel an enjoyable process again I think a huge amount of um, people's consistency is going to be based upon enjoyment over the next four weeks so trying to find something that you enjoy means that you're probably going to do it more consistently you're going to look forward to it you're going to be in a better mood so um, ensuring those things are in place is really important yeah I agree obviously with all of those points I think away from training it's just about it's first of all except it's four weeks hopefully at this point it's four weeks it's like it's nothing by by Monday we're already half like we're already half a week down and it's really just like three and a half weeks three weeks on Thursday or whatever right so it's not that long I think keeping it in perspective and knowing that realistically I mean realistically you could have a month of not training at home like just being relatively just walk around like like normal and eat according to your hunger and in a month's time your body composition will be minimally different you might feel you might feel it looks really different your body image might be different because you don't feel like you've done all of your healthful behaviors and that's slightly different but in terms of like you're not going to lose muscle mass in a month if you're not unless you are completely immobilized so I think it's really important to keep it in perspective I think a good way to frame it right now is do what makes you feel good like Louis said like what you enjoy I don't really enjoy training at home I'm going to be honest but it makes me feel good so I will still train it but I'm only going to plan I'm planning to do three sessions a week like that's my goal because I don't like it but it makes me feel good and I think rather than framing it like I need to get x y and z sessions in and this much volume in it's like, right, what makes me feel good today? Is it going to be getting a walk-in? Rather than saying it's going to be getting 10,000 steps, it's going to make me feel good. It's going to be getting outside in the morning, it's going to make me feel good, so I'm going to do that. So I think reframing it in that way is, is really important. I don't think there's... I, I, w- I wouldn't say there's like a, you should be doing X, Y, or Z, mm. other than what genuinely makes you feel good. And for some people, like I'm taking a deal week, I'm not doing anything for the next few days except moving, just walking around, because that makes me feel good and I and I know that I'm pretty pissed off so I don't really want to train so I just think yeah I think this time around it's slightly different because we know a little bit more we've hopefully got a rough end date like it's not the same as the first time when I as everyone knows like obviously I'm really compassionate and really empathetic but even at me at this point I'm like right come on guys we've just got to kind of pull our socks up and get on with it like it's four weeks Mm-hmm. As much as I have empathy and compassion, because it's it's shit. Let's be honest, it's it's crap. But it is, it's what we've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you've both nailed it. And just take the pressure off some kind of movement if it feels good, whatever that looks like each day. Um, and that might be different each day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just do what you can and try not to stress about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think there's a huge to be said, a huge amount to be said for having some structure, but not be chained to that structure as well. Especially with because a lot of people's daily routine would have completely changed with not leaving the house or not being needing to leave the house at certain points. So having like a, a similar get up time each day, bedtime, things like that, can really help because I think it's quite easy at the moment to sort of dwell into your sorrows a little bit of like oh we're in lockdown again it's dark outside it's cold and oh, I've got to work from home I'm not really seeing anyone a lot of those things we can change so it's like right let's get up let's get moving 
went in a way that feels good to you that could be stretching that could be going out for a work workout that could be um going out for a walk um and then if you are something like a social connection those can they're not going to be the same same as like training from home versus the gym we can recreate those we can have like phone calls you can have zoom calls things like that so having a look at the things that potentially at the moment you feel might be impacted by the current situation and seeing ways that we can work around them to a certain extent yeah something that just came to my mind there was remember when the first lockdown hit and Brene Brown's podcast and she was talking about FFTs yeah remember that like fudging first times favorite favorite episode (laughs) yeah well I was just like that just came to my mind there and I was just thinking this isn't our first time it's our first pandemic yeah but this isn't our first time now so we have to shift the goalposts a little bit from saying, let's give ourselves compassion, let's let's allow whatever we need to do. Of course, do all of those things, but this isn't the first time now. You, you've, you've got experience to work from, so work from that experience. Yes, things are different, but you, you, you can't just fall into a heap this time and say, this is the first time. It's not. So <laughs> we've got experience here. <laughs> awesome. Ray, do you have a question? Yes, I've got... Um... Just more of a discussion point, really, um, from a newer client, and it's, is low-fat the best choice? I always have 0% Greek yogurt, as it's the highest protein, but maybe I should go for another option. What are your thoughts? And that is for Amelia. Excellent question. Um, it might be the best choice. It depends. <laughs> if you are dieting and you are on quite lower calories, then 0% or fat-free options can be very helpful because they're lowering calories for the same food volume. And that's what we like. We like high-volume foods when we're dieting. However, if you are somebody who is um, honouring your hunger or not dieting, you're at maintenance or you're not at severely low calories, not that we do severely low, but you know, you're not excessively low calories, then why are you still having 0%? What often we find is that when we've dieted for a long time and I fell into this with competing, even in my off season, I was eating 0% because I was like, oh, food volume, food volume. That's actually not what you want to be doing. You are, especially when you're dieting, you're at chronically low fat levels. So 5% or non-diet versions have higher percentages of fat. Obviously, you have fat contained with them. We want fat. Fat is essential for our body um, for very various functions. But if you are consistently having low fat, low, like so say fry light or other brands are available, 0% total yogurt, all of these things, where are you getting your fats from other than peanut butter? That's a kind of question that everyone should ask themselves if they've dieted before because it's something that we all fall into. Um, And also fat is really great for satiety. So although it's low in food volume, it can actually really be helpful for satiety. And so for like often what I find with clients is that they I say like make one switch from a diet food to a non-diet food this week and it's usually Greek yogurt because everyone usually has Greek yogurt. And then they're like, oh my God, I was fuller for so much longer after I had like 5% versus 0%. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely much more satiating, but you don't allow it. And so I think even with dieting sometimes, and I have clients who still have the 5% when they're dieting because they know that they snack less later in the day because they're just much more satisfied. So it goes against that kind of dieting rule of, well, this is like higher volume, so we should want to have this. Actually, for some people, they're more satisfied. It's why it's so important that you, I think everyone should try it and actually watch what happens. And 
like I know for myself like I don't think I'd ever go back to zero percent yogurt even if I was dieting maybe half and half which I do sometimes because sometimes I like to have half and half if I'm having dominoes at night for example um but yeah there's no right or wrong choice I don't know do you have anything to add on that Anna do you have anything to add on that no I've had exactly the same feedback from clients when they have just tried higher fat foods they're fuller for longer and also it's the the taste they're like oh my god food tastes so much better with olive oil with full fat yogurt with cheese and I'm like yeah it's really mm. good yeah that's why your mom's cooking tastes so good because she uses oil she doesn't use phthalate like I mean, I'm sure everyone's mom's a great cooks etc but it's one of the main reasons mm. absolutely and if you're I think sometimes you can chase food volume in sort of in hope of finding that satisfied point and you'll never sometimes it'll never happen and I think it's important to like you said increasing the fats increasing your fat intake might actually help you manage your food because you enjoy the food but then at a certain point you're like I'm satisfied now I'll finish here and actually instead of thinking but when I add in all the fat then I'm just going to eat so much more learning to trust yourself again with sort of fats in your food and tasting food can be a really really um empowering experience i'd say mm. everyone needs to try it <laughs> um, okay i've got a question it's quite a long one so bear with how to understand or discover what behaviors are normal or forms of control or dieting or um our are extreme or odd behaviours. For example, this week I realised how being issued a different teaspoon to eat a dessert made me feel really uncomfortable. It ruined my enjoyment of that treat. Is that weird? Okay, the next part's a different question, so I'm going to stop there. <laughs> um, Louis, do you want to start? That? So is that mainly around behaviours and whether they are the norm or whether you think that they might warrant like looking into a little bit more? Mm, yeah. Um, I'd say there's a few things to consider. One of them is the your surroundings, as in who are you with and what are you exposing yourself to? Because we know that certain parts of Instagram or the fitness sphere normalise certain behaviours that actually aren't very normal. Like eating out of Tupperware all the time isn't normal. Having the same foods on rotation all the time isn't normal or shouldn't be normalised because we should be exploring different foods textures tastes and enjoying it rather than thinking and prioritizing just that one thing on a pedestal um digging into why these feel it why why you might feel uncomfortable about this what is that saying about you as a person what is it saying about your behaviors and what you want to achieve and how do you look and dig into and lean into those sort of uncomfortable feelings a little bit can be really useful because sometimes I feel that we f we make up worrying situations in our own heads that if that I'm I'm worried about this teaspoon what's what's everyone else going to think about me oh uh, this is different to me it's unfamiliar and asking yourself well why is it unfamiliar to you what have you done what circumstances and situations have you put yourself in that have limited your experience and sometimes we know that newest experience ask new things are scary at first and embracing those new experiences can be really useful um i can't think, remember the rest I, I think on that um one way to kind of identify if it it's not about if it's weird it's about 
is it negatively impacting you? And I had this discussion with someone on EIQ recently because she, I'm going to speak to Anna about this because I've got, I know Anna's got some good, probably got some good stuff to say based on, well, you probably, based on something that we've discussed before. Um, but I had a discussion with someone else. It's like, is it negatively impacting you? And she had some, what she called odd behaviours around her eating. And she was like, not really. I don't think about it outside of mealtime. This is just how I eat. And I was like, well, but it's not negatively impacting you. So you're not preoccupied with it. Then I would question where the, the concern is with it. And I think the same is in the situation. Is it a, is this negatively impacting you? Yes, this is actually in this situation negatively impacting you because you don't enjoy your dessert. Okay, so then so then that would be a problem. And then looking into, like you said, you know, where does, what, what does that say about your mindset? What, what do you feel that the issue is there? Like, I think actually just looking into it a little bit deeper, challenging yourself, saying, right, that I feel that this is, this is a concern because it's, I'm preoccupied with it or it's negatively impacting me, right? I'm going to challenge myself to eat with a different teaspoon next time and then a different one the next time. And actually, like you said, leaning into the discomfort. Um, Anna, what I was going to say was, uh, well, I'm not going to disclose your personal information, but remember we've had we've had discussions in you like years and years ago, and yeah. I'm, I won't say it, but it did make me think of you. And I said to this client, I said I didn't say what the, the story was, but I was like, Anna, I might have something to share with you. <laughs> so many, so yeah, no, I think identifying them and like, well, you you both said lean into that discomfort and challenge yourself because. I think at the end of the day, the point I was at when we spoke about them, it wasn't negatively impacting me. It was just kind of routine and that's what I did. Whereas, well, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, this was kind of like um, dieting. And I think everybody does it. They save the best bit till last. But can you be truly mindful if, I mean... I think I'd got to the point that I'd eat it regardless whether I was that full, but it was just the order that I ate it in. Um, and often, like I said, that wasn't being mindful because it pushed me past that point of being full. And so by mixing up the order I ate food, I was able to actually be satisfied with a meal and leave stuff on the plate and feel comfortably full. And it made no difference to how I felt. <laughs> so yeah. It is, it is a case of if you've noticed something, just try it and see what happens. Chances are nothing bad will happen and you might even be able to enjoy food that little bit more. Can I just put a disclaimer out here and say that those bangs that people can hear is our fireworks. It's the 5th of November and we've all got fireworks going on outside and it's just like <laughs> banging around. Um, so we can't we can't help that. The other the other kind of really ob not obvious thing in this situation, but a really clear thing that you can do here is say when you have these thoughts, like is this thought or feeling mm. or is this fact or feeling? And so, for example, if you're like, I feel really uncomfortable, I'm not going to enjoy this this food or I'm going to be anxious by eating with this teaspoon. Is that a fact or is that a feeling? It's a feeling, okay, well, that's not necessarily true. So you can kind of push that to the side a little bit because it's, it's just a thought, it's not a fact. Do you know what? When I moved into the flat, I did have a panic because I didn't have my bowl with me for porridge. And that, it, was, it wasn't anything else, but I was like, I don't know how much water I'm going to need. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but all good. I've sorted but that's that. Just, yeah, that's just a need for perfect consistency. <laughs> Absolutely. Still not nailed it, but... <laughs> I was, I was going to, I literally, as Anna was speaking, then I thought, 
thoughts and fact uh, thoughts and feelings aren't facts some i can't remember who said that but it, it's really interesting sometimes we can run away with ourselves sort of about like i believe these certain things and taking a step back can be really useful so yeah definitely that cool uh anna do you have a question mm-hmm. so oh um oh, that was yeah so uh i've lost it i knew what i was gonna oh there we go um so good topic to talk about the effects of managing and effects of stress so effects of stress on the body and how best to manage it louis (laughs) (laughs) um so recognizing what is causing the stress and where it's stemming from can be really useful to start with and the signs that it invokes on you so understanding why and how it manifests so if it is sort of worrying thoughts if it is around being being anxious around certain things i know a couple of weeks ago i was anxious and stressed about stuff and it manifested in me just withdrawing massively so even just not doing things can be a form can be how it can be manifest um and dealing with it is going back to what you know gets the best version of you each day we've spoken about habits and routines and getting yourself in the best position possible and starting from very the very ground up and working that way through so actually withdrawing yourself from all those things that potentially are adding to the stress that you can and maybe having some like me time some self-care things like that that can massively reduce it and talking to people around you and sharing the load if you can um those sort of things can really help what about you amelia um yeah so i was going to talk more about the, the actual impact of stress the, like the, the result of it on your body is that well it's going to be different for everyone and obviously we know things like stress will impact your mood and we know that stress impacts your sleep but short term stress causes this physiological response where we get an increase in the sympathetic nervous system activation and dominance which we have spoken about on the podcast before but in relation to something else um so you get an increase in your heart rate you get the transient increase in blood pressure this can potentially impact your nervous system um and not your nervous system sorry your digestive system so in terms of like the actual physiological response it's like that fight or flight response that's what the sympathetic nervous system is and so you get these physiological changes at the same time as the more chronic impact of stress if you are chronically increasing your heart rate and chronically increasing your blood pressure that can negatively impact your your cardiovascular health your metabolic health um and if you're chronically not getting enough sleep because of stress that can impact your overall health and in terms of fat loss it can it can impact us with sleep if we have less sleep when we're dieting we are much more likely to lose muscle mass um, and less fat versus somebody who gets enough sleep they're more likely to have minimal muscle loss when they're resistant training and eating enough protein um, we know that your hunger levels increase when you've not got enough sleep so it's harder to stick to your calories so there are a lot of physiological impacts of stress and then of course like we said like we've also got the psychological side in the sense of it's then harder your cognitive function is impaired it's harder to concentrate um you might potentially stress eat and that's obviously like something that we notice a lot in lockdown or you might actually find that because of the sympathetic dominance you get a reduction in your appetite short term and so you don't actually eat so there are huge impacts of stress on the body which is why it's so super important to 
to manage it. And we talk about stress management a lot. You know, we talk about taking holidays ourselves as coaches and other people, the importance of that because stress impacts you so much. And I think as well, like, it's a good time to consider it in lockdown in the sense of, I just answered a question on my story and someone saying, I don't know how, how do I feel better about taking rest and not being productive? And it's like, a really nice way to frame it is like that rest is reducing your stress levels. If you're reducing those stress levels, then you are better able to concentrate. You get better sleep. You're more productive. Your training is better. Your health is better. All of these things as a result of you allowing yourself to rest. So I think sometimes framing it in that way can be really like helpful to help you to rest and to help you to focus on stress management. It's so important. Yeah, I think, well, you've, you've both nailed it, but I like the idea of reframing it. I think, uh, first time around a lot of people were saying you've got to make the most of the time that you're given um with lockdown and that's what I plan on be on doing <laughs> um, yeah because how, how mad will we be next year if, like we were saying this how mad will we be next year if we're like exhausted and we're like oh my god remember in 2020 we had all that time to like sleep and chill out and we were just so busy fretting about having to sleep and chill out can you imagine we'll be livid <laughs> Honestly, no shame with 8.30 bedtimes. It was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) I think that's earlier. If I go to bed at 8.30, I usually try and do like an hour's meditation and I'm like, it's fine. It's basically 10 o'clock. I don't know what it is on a Sunday. I'm just like napping on the sofa about five o'clock and trying to fight it off. And it started off like, normally I go to bed about 10. And then it started going like half nine, nine o'clock. And then I was like, no, just do it. Just just go. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> so proud. Um, Louis, you got a question? Yes. This one's quite a nice and sort of not nutrition or anything like that. Based. So it's any book recommendations during lockdown? And what are you reading right now? Um book recommendations I put tons of those on my story maybe I'll put them in the group actually not actually I just put pictures on my bookshelf it wasn't recommendations um but I might put my pictures on my bookshelf up I think we've answered this question before I always recommend I'm just looking at my bookshelf I always recommend Untethered Soul to be honest Untamed those are the two that I always recommend and I'm currently reading Attachment which is about not nutrition, although I'm going to tell you how it is nutrition in a minute, but it's about attachment styles, psychological attachment styles, um, in terms of your how you um, relate in relationships. So it's, have you guys heard of attachment styles? <laughs> I'm literally reading it. I'm like halfway through. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. This is the book that we recommend. <laughs> wow. Okay. How weird. How weird. It is everywhere. It's a really good book. It's like, it's it's a psychological theory that your attachment styles form from when you are young. And it's as a result, usually, of your relationship with your parents. And I can correct me when I get wrong. Um, and there are like main classes of attachment styles. So you can be secure, which is pretty self-explanatory. You can be um, avoidant or you can be anxious or you can be anxious avoidant. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
And it's basically man- manifesting how you then re- relate to in your adult romantic relationships and other relationships. So you can be secure. These tend to be the people that have long-term relationships. You can be avoidant where you say, my independence is more important than anything else. And you avoid getting close to people. You tend to go for people that are covered in red flags, those types of things. You can be anxious where you almost become quite needy and you are seeking validation from somebody and like the, the classic needy or you can be a mix which is a sanctions avoidant anyway that's what I'm reading but the way that I went I was reading a paper about the the characteristics of successful dieters and I've spoken about this quite a lot on on my Instagram and stuff but one of the characteristics of successful dieters actually seems to be having secure attachment style because of the relationship they might have with their um, coach or their nutritionist or dietitian or their advisor, they feel that they can trust them, they have a much more open relationship, therefore they are more successful at implementing habits and things like that, which is why I like on Instagram, I'm like, you have to be in love with me in order to get good results. And I think that's one of the reasons why we get really great results with our clients, because we encourage this secure relationship, at least within our work environment. I, I I now manifest only secure relationships. I am a secure person. I am no longer an avoidant person. Um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm reading. What are you? Well, Anna, are you reading anything else? Um, I'm no at the minute because I can only like do one at a time. I can't spread <laughs> spread out. There's too much going on for me. But what I will say. <laughs> is <that> <laughs> that we recommend are genuinely great books and I think everybody should read them but also like just getting lost in some like trashy novel is also fine um yeah yeah I also think as well like people ask for recommendations for books a lot and I I often think you need to be at a place where the book is the right it's the you have to be at the right time for that book so, like, I would never read The Goddess Revolution now, ever. Mm. However, four or five years ago when I read it, I was like, this is the best thing that I've ever read. And I and I hate giving out recommendations for books often that I read now, and I just think, you're probably not, I don't know, I don't know who, when people ask me, but I think, I don't know if you're probably at this place to take the most from this book yet. You might open it and just think, what on earth is this? Because you've seen one quote that, like, I'll put on my story or something like that. So... I think it's really important that you actually like ask for recommendations like this, but also like look for books that are similar than that on Amazon or actually do some research into it. Like sometimes I'll just search for like Oprah recommendations, see what she recommends, and then find look at the authors. She recommended Glennon Doyle ages ago, like and do it that way because we all like read different stuff. I know we're reading the same book right now, but in general, we all read different stuff. What are you reading right now, Louis? Um. I just went on a massive... I don't really read physical books. I audible quite a lot and sort of do stuff around the house while I'm listening to them. And I went through a lot of rugby biographies that came out recently from like James Haskell, Dylan Hartley and Joe Marler, which were really interesting because they went quite hard around mental health, um, which was really 
eye-opening to see behind the scenes that a lot like Joe Marler really struggled with and he still does with depression and like at certain points he pulled out of the England squad and spoke to the coach like I can't do this anymore and didn't didn't know it was manifesting in like violent outbursts emotional outbursts he didn't know what was going on until he spoke to someone so that was really interesting to talk uh, to hear about and then at the moment um lost connections is the one that I'm reading I was about uh, to say, someone told me about that and then I realised, I'm sure, continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is really interesting. I think the guy who wrote it is a journalist, potentially, and sort of has a more of like a social as- look at sort of around depression and mental health. Um, however, with people who are very good at sort of writing, sometimes they're very good at storytelling and convincing you around certain things. So go in there with an open mind and be a bit critical of what he says because he's very emotive in the way he talks. And um, But how it relates is really interesting. And it's sort of how um, low mood depression is um, linked with sort of a loss of connection with certain things that we might be craving, such as loss of connection with meaningful values, which could be intrinsic, uh, meaningful work, with those around us so actual feeling connection with people um with nature and your future as well so working towards things and how people's depression manifests when they are losing one or multiple of these areas um he's a bit i think he might um exaggerate some of the claims potentially he speaks to a lot of researchers and traveled a lot for it um and it's it's an interesting read but i think it's one of those like you said i think you have to be in the right headspace for it it's not a very um it's a bit of a heavy listen at times and it's a lot of in-depth stories and like emotionally involved in people's well-being and then he takes you on a journey where they get better because they've done certain things um but yeah like you said i think sometimes one you need to be in the right place for the right book but also it's having those sort of light-hearted listens i've listened to some great ones recently one was like life's too short to go so fucking slow which was brilliant um and it's about a woman who signed up to like an iron man or a triathlon she didn't know what she was doing and her like senior her, her boss was like really into it and they have some very frank and honest conversations and that's really nice to listen to um and your pace or mine because obviously going to running in the last couple of months i've um almost clocked at 500 kilometers since um february as well okay. um, talk so, about shaming us for not being productive <laughs> well i had a look at it and i was just like oh that's pretty cool i'm like 10 kilometers off and then um but then i looked at like, my stats for like lifetime stuff and i've ran the most in the last couple of months then i've run for like the four years previously combined. <laughs> um but yeah the i that's when i tend to sort of listen to stuff so some of it has to be a bit light-hearted if it's too heavy I think sometimes, like nutrition podcasts sometimes can be really science heavy and you need to be in the right headspace to listen to them. Um, and sometimes it's nice to just have a really light-hearted sort of listen to it um, and have have a good choice of a range of podcasts. Um, um, high-performance podcasts as well I've been listening to recently. That's been really good. Um, that's the one that we post back in the group and I've had some really good people on there as well. So those are my sort of recommendations. Off topic, lighthearted, I suppose I would call it lighthearted, but there's also sad bits in it too. I think you've both read it as um, This Is Gonna Hurt. I recommend everyone listens to that yes. or reads that. Yeah, definitely. His, awesome. uh, his books are fantastic. My friend, I think my friend saw him live and they're both nurses and we're like, it's brilliant. We've got to look <laughs> uh, Yeah, definitely recommend that. I think oh, I've yeah. listened to that like 
twice maybe three times because it's that enjoyable like it and you forget a lot of stuff that happens when i listen to it a second time around i'm like i forgot all about this and yeah def- especially at the moment with the nhs it makes you massively appreciate what they go through to get where they are mm. okay next question what are some things that you guys have found helpful when attempting to establish new habits or get rid of old habits that aren't serving you a couple of things from each of you Anna do you want to go first things that you found helpful when attempting to establish new habits or rid yourself of old habits so new habits kind of like scheduling them into my day because I like routine and I like to know what I'm doing which makes lockdown an absolute dream (laughs) but yeah no if I if I've got it and I can tick it off then you get that level of achievement and also the more you do it then it does just automatically become habit um as far well we spoke about uh was it last week we spoke about um changing habits um yeah actually yeah because you were speaking you had that really good um idea of replacing it with replacing habits with things that make you feel similar yeah yeah love that yeah yeah so yeah, so have a listen to to that other podcast as well for those for those that was quite an in depth conversation, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. Louis, do you have anything to add? Um, my biggest thing would be if you've got a chance, read James Clear's book Atomic Habits because that's like phenomenal for establishing new habits. And some of the things that I took away from that were habit stacking, so stacking stacking habits that you want to do um on top of already well-established habits and like tagging them on making um it easier to do so something like taking your supplements um having them in um, a place where you're in a routine adding them making them obvious there um another thing is that he has four points i've got them written on my laptop and it's making sure that they're easy obvious attractive and satisfying so there are four key points that he recommends to have for habits and um Oh, I had another point as well. Um, that, oh, yeah, they, it will be difficult to start with, but just persisting with it and it will feel clunky after a time. It does become habit. And it, there's loads of research about how long it takes to establish habits and make them consistent. And it varies massively. But if you make them more obvious, easy, attractive and satisfying, then you're more likely to do them more often. Mm, I like all those. I had... Um wait oh yeah I, I have something written down I was looking through my notes there from James Clear when he was on a podcast about habits um and he was like you have to you'll know this Louis and you might even have to explain it better than I can but you have to identify your cue craving response reward and then reflect is this familiar to you a little so, bit like identify your cues which triggers your brain to initiate the behavior um identify the craving so the most motivational force behind your habit often you crave the feeling after the habit so it's about identifying what that feeling is that you crave mm-hmm. um identify the response which is the actual habit you perform and um so in this situation for example if it's say it's a craving you might identify the craving of what it is then you can do a response something like grounding breaths or you can substitute with something alternative um and you can also tackle like uh, your habit changing your habit by changing the the outcome so for example 
I'm trying to think of this in terms of food. If you eat chocolate, you know that the outcome is satisfying, but can you make that outcome less satisfying? And this is not something I recommend for people, especially if they've not got a good relationship with food, but I'm just talking about in this example, um, you might think about a way that you can make that chocolate less satisfying. And have you ever seen any of these people that do hyp hypnosis around this and they make you eat food and you make you imagine something you're eating something disgusting at the same yeah. time? That's This is what I imagine that he would refer to that's in terms of... When that. that's one of the That relates to one of the therapies that they used to use with um trying to cure people of homophobia wasn't it oh no homosexuality sorry not homophobia homosexuality where they used to give them a horrid tasting drink that would make them sick and then show them loads of homosexual pornography and because they'd be violently sick that was a therapy that was on the nhs for quite a long time like up until like the last 40 50 years i think um so it's like a simulate stimulus response isn't it sort of association with it um there's um, an interesting um, an interesting thing to do with habits as well is barriers to doing them. So if you want to do a habit, having a look at the barriers that are stopping you from doing them currently and trying to remove them or find ways around them. And if there are habits that you want to stop, then creating more barriers to doing them as well. So like this could be if you are trying to reduce the amount that you're, I don't know, the amount of biscuits or cookies you're having and they're on the side, putting them in a cupboard keeps them out of sight and it just creates another Thing that you have to do to go and get them um so something like that can be really useful as well and that falls into like the cue so when i was talking about the cue craving response and reward like those are the places that you can change a habit so the, what you're saying there about changing your food environment that would be like changing the cue to eat the cue to eat would be having the chocolate on the side so you put it behind the cupboard as a barrier but that's changing the cue so it's less obvious therefore you're less likely to then crave respond and, and seek that reward the other thing that I don't know where I picked this up from. It might have been that that same podcast. I don't really know, but I had it written in my notes. It's like um, one way to change your habits, either add or remove, is to think about the, the identity of the person that you want to be and implement habits that align with that identity. And we might have spoken about this before because yeah, I, I, I feel a little bit... Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't particularly like the idea of attaching your identity to habits I don't really like that however I know that I think one of I've had a discussion with one of my clients about this before because she finds that really useful to imagine what she wants herself to not look like physically but that, that life and that identity to look like so she finds identifying the habits that are aligned with that future self really really helpful mm. and um, another one I think that's from the book as well and he might discuss this is about your um, community that you're associated with and how that can impact it so if you've got desirable a habit that's desirable within a certain community you're more likely to do it so if you want to run more often joining a running club could be a good option to do that because those are people who run again it might be detrimental in some aspects of that's your identity then that you're a runner and don't fall into that trap because then there might be some negative behaviors that are associated with that as well so um but yeah that's another thing that i think he covers in the book mm. okay well we've just rinsed james clear i think and then <laughs> added a few little bits on but that was that was useful um i think we should do we should all do one more question but we'll be swift with our answers or not swift but concise so anna do you want to go first yes nice and easy one does increased carb intake mean water retention and increased weight 
Louis? Yes, potentially, if you're dramatically increasing it, then there will be an increase in body weight, most likely of glycogen storage and potentially um, some water retention as well, which may make you feel heavy. Some some people, it might help them feel stronger as well. But um, yeah, don't be shocked if you increase your carb intake and your weight goes up. One gram of carb stores three grams of associated water. So for every gram of carb you store, you store four grams. So if you think of a kilogram of carbs, you're not going to store that. You'll probably store like 300 grams. But if you store 300 grams of carbs, then you're going to store like 1.2 kilos of weight with associated water. That was fast math for me. Anyway, um, Louis, you've got a question? Um, haven't got any short ones. They're quite in depth, so probably not okay, this time. Okay. I'm going to get you guys to list off some examples for this question. Even though we know scales don't tell the whole story, it's hard not to get hung up on them if you're wanting progress. This is someone who's just finished dieting. Um, what non-scale victories can we celebrate as part of progress and adapt our mindset accordingly? List them off. Are they, well, in a, in a normal world, increased lifts in the gym, increased energy, um better mood potentially increased socializing increased sex drive mm. better relationships um better management around food your energy level better sleep better recovery i think quantitatively we can look at like as well food variety better food variety for example your gut responds best to at least 30 different plant-based foods every week you can't do that when you're dieting really so like that type of quantitative thing health markers um period regularity mm. um sleep quality sleep duration mm. trying to think of your own there. <laughs> mm. there's just many <laughs> many 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 benefits <laughs> that don't include the scales yeah mm. um, i think i think at this point oh, go ahead. i was gonna say potentially your boobs might return as well so yeah it's a bonus <laughs> i said that on my story earlier and i deleted it because i was like i don't want anyone to look at my boobs <laughs> 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 but yes also true um and also i think the left one the, this person especially for what her goals are senior senior lifts changes is the most probably the most important thing actually so that's a good focus. Okay, excellent. We've still got some questions, but we will do them on the next podcast. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>